Hello, welcome to Astrology Alchemy. I'm Sheila Belanger, your host for this podcast. Alchemy is defined as a seemingly magical process of transformation. Spiritual alchemy is the process of pursuing the gold of your true nature by transmuting the unrefined limiting parts of yourself. In this podcast, I'll offer you inspiring insights from current astrology cycles that support your path of turning your personal lead into gold. More resources are available at the website on theedgesofchange.com. Well, hello there and welcome to the Astrology Alchemy podcast, episode number 248. I'm your host and guide, Sheila Belanger. This is a momentous week, astrologically, dear ones. There are some really, really powerful cycles happening. There's always been some strong ones, but this is particularly strong this week. The phrase from this week's poem that I want to start with is, For everything flowers from within of self-blessing. On Monday, February 19th, the asteroid comet Chiron is conjunct the North Node at 16 degrees of Aries. This is quite a rare cycle. Chiron is a interesting character in our solar system. First of all, as an archetype, it's often seen as the wounded healer archetype or the shamanic one. And it's a unique heavenly body in our solar system. It comes, it belongs to a class of uh, bodies called centaurs. And these are characters in our solar system that are kind of a hybrid of asteroid comet. When Chiron was first discovered in 1977, astronomers thought it was an asteroid, and so they gave it a mythic name, who happens to be a major centaur in Greek myth. In the myth, Chiron is this immortal healer who is very much a teacher and a healer for, um, for people, and he inadvertently gets wounded and can't heal himself, hence that powerful archetype of the wounded healer where we are in our journey of healing and metabolizing the poisons and wounds of our own inner experience. And as we are able to heal ourselves to some degree, we are able to catalyze healing in others. And this is a classic definition for shamans, shamanic beings, men, women, people, that from their own deep woundedness emerges healing for their people. So it's a powerful, powerful archetype. And it's a dual nature heavenly body. It's an oddball. And so it really is this interesting shapeshifter character, even in our solar system. Sometimes it looks like an asteroid. Sometimes it looks like a comet. Shamanic peoples shapeshift with their animal allies and their spirit allies on behalf of healing. The North Node is a mathematical point in the solar system. It's not a planet by any means, but it's a mathematical point that astronomers and astrologers track. And it takes about 27 years for the North Node mathematically to go all the way through the zodiac wheels. So that's the rarity of Chiron and the North Node coming together. The last time they were together is in 2008, which was a pretty significant year for many of us in terms of culture and social and personal change. So what does it mean? Chiron always, when it's active in a cycle, is inviting you to go to the next level of healing, especially around what we call your core wound. 
you know, that kind of significant, painful, ouchy point in your psyche that throughout your life you're continuing to metabolize and work with. And remember the context of Chiron, it's not just personal wound, it's also connected to ancestral wounds and the deep unmetabolized pain and suffering of our ancestors. And so when you're working with Chiron cycles, you get the opportunity to go to the next level of healing and also to have a clarity of what's yours to heal and what's not yours to heal. This is particularly important because Chiron and the North Node are in the zodiac sign of Aries. And this is a fiery, the first sign of the zodiac fire sign that was like, be true to yourself, be who you are, be independent, go for it. And so when Chiron's in Aries, the deep wound can be, dare I be myself? Is it okay to be me? And how many of our ancestors have unmetabolized suffering where they couldn't dare to be themselves? because there would be dire consequences. Or they were immigrants coming to a new land, a new culture, a new language, and they had to adapt, and they had to leave behind who they truly were in order to survive. And then the North Node is always, when it's active in a cycle, inviting us to recognize a purposefulness, like our destiny calling us. That's what the North Node represents. It has a, a balancing point called the South Node, and again, these are mathematical points that are opposite each other in the zodiac wheel. The south node is about our past patterns, where we come from. It has its own sacredness, but it's often about the path of least resistance. I know how to do this. This is the way I've always done it to survive. And by contrast, the north node indicates your cutting edge work, your evolutionary purpose and destiny. So Chiron to the north node is activating this time in our lives of recognizing how your destiny is calling you in and through your deep healing path. And then in some ways, perhaps your wound is a resource for tremendous, not only healing for you, but something about what the world is asking of you at this time. I'd like to offer here something from my colleague, Astra Butterfly. This is from a blog she did um, at the beginning, late last month. And she talks about Chiron conjunct North Node in Aries. Who am I? She says, the Chiron North Node conjunction happens in Aries, the first sign of the Zodiac. Aries is our identity. Chiron conjunct North Node in Aries will ask us to answer some very important questions. Who am I? Who am I stripped of layers of conditioning, family history, history and expectations? What makes me feel alive? What ignites my passion and compels me to engage with the world around me? She goes on to say, Aries is the life energy, that seed that only needs a spark of ignition to burst into existence. Connect with that spark, with that primal energy that sets everything into motion. From the Big Bang to your first breath, you are alive. You are here for a reason, and it's never too late to embrace your purpose and make a difference in the world. So you might notice what's been maybe growing in you lately? What's been stimulating? What are the synchronies? What are the messages from the universe nudging you to pay attention to? This is in you. This brings you alive. This has something to do with your purpose right now on the planet. It may be very subtle and quiet. It doesn't have to be big and grandiose. It might be big and grandiose, but notice where that unique medicine of you, Aries, is being invited to actually manifest more strongly. And also track 
where you might be holding yourself back and you might be caught in what Carolyn Mace calls woundology. You know, old stories of woundedness, old ancestor stories and patterns of woundedness and get clear what's mine to do, what's not mine to do. What can I lovingly give back to the ancestors that's not mine and say, I focus on what's mine. The other place that is really parallel is the other big cycle this week on Wednesday, February 21st, Venus and Mars are conjunct at six degrees of Aquarius. And again, remember, if you don't understand the degree measurements, just listen to the story and notice how it stirs and perhaps supports you in your journey this week. So Venus and Mars are the relational archetypes. I'm laughing because it's classic. I think of that book from years ago about, you know, men are from Mars and women are from Venus in that kind of simplistic, genderized way of talking about the sexes and talking about Venus and Mars. Venus is really the magnetic relational one. As an archetype, it represents how we magnetize and draw to us what we love, whether it's people, it's situations, it's values, what's important to me. And Mars is that dynamic relational one. I go after what I want. I have courage. I seek it. I take my stand. I do it. Okay. So classically, when Venus and Mars are together, there is this integration happening with the yin and yang of our relational self, whether it's about personal relationship inside yourself or outer relationship with people and other beings. And they're coming together in Aries. Now, when planets come together, it marks a seeding. It's a new beginning. It's a new phase. It's turning over, you know, like a new page is here. So Venus and Mars and Aquarius, Aquarius is all about freedom. It's all about, you know, do your own thing. I do my thing. You do yours. Let's all be free together. It's very innovative. It's very eclectic. It's out of the box. It's, it just doesn't want to conform. So when we have Venus and Mars together in Aquarius, you might be noticing you have some sensitivity, maybe even a little bit of crankiness about the established norms of how you're supposed to be in relationships, whether it's a friendship or, you know, a, a lover or a life partner. And maybe both of you or several of you are going, I just want something different. I need some space to be me. I want to experiment a bit. And it's fabulous because it says there's so many ways of loving. And particularly Aquarius energy is very sensitive to the marginalized, the ones who've been the oddballs, the ones who've been thrown out because they're not normal. You know, they're different. And so we have the deep wound of othering in our world, whether especially we're othering in other people or a country or a religion, but we also do that inside. We other parts of ourselves and we diminish and rank and say not good enough and, you know, that kind of thing. So Venus and Mars coming together in Aquarius is this deep, wonderful challenge of can you love it all? That's inside yourself. Can you make a place in your heart for all the parts of you, particularly the marginalized ones, the not so pretty ones, the ones you hide from others because you think, oh, that's me. Okay. And particularly in our world right now with the tremendous, hellacious suffering that's happening because people are being othered, you know, is can we smash that? Can we break through? Can we liberate Aquarius and say, wow, you belong too. You know, you belong too. You have your own loveliness. You have your own belonging. So there is this gift from Venus and Mars to look at this week. New ways of loving yourself and others. And then on Saturday, February 24th, we have a full moon at 5 degrees of Virgo at 4.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And that full moon repeats a little bit of Venus and Mars because now we have two other 
planetary archetypes who represent the yin and the yang. The solar archetype, the sun, is the conscious self, the hero, heroine, conscious, here, here I am on my life journey, one of us. And the moon as that deeply yin, receptive, fluid, changeable, emotional, non-cognitive one. The waters underneath things, the deep feeling part of us. And so the full moon, they're balancing each other. They're shining the light on each other, the solar light imbuing the light of awareness the lunar light is reflecting and changing in the dark right so at the full moon the sun is in pisces the sun just recently got having gone into pisces and the moon is opposite in the sign of virgo now these two signs balance each other in a beautiful way pisces is very much a water sign of dreaming and visualizing and and very sort of uh, fluid and non-grounded. It's not negative. It's just kind of, oh, very much in the dream of things. Virgo is a very grounded healing earth sign. And Virgo says to Pisces, take the dream and ground it in some way. Serve with it. Heal with it. And Pisces says to Virgo, don't get tight-assed. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't always have to be a certain form, Virgo. Flow with it. Feel, feel into it, what's going on. So they balance each other. And this, particularly at this full moon, there's a really amazing combination because with the sun in Pisces are two other planets, Mercury, the communicator, storyteller, and Saturn, the responsible, grounded, ethical one. Now, Mercury is very much about how we think and communicate. And when it's in Pisces, it's not cognitive. It's we're communicating through felt sense of things, images, poetry, myth, um, just just a presence, if you will. And Saturn, wherever Saturn is, it wants us to be grounded and responsible and ethical. And when Saturn's in Pisces, which it has been for a bit, it's asking us to be responsible to our unconscious material, Pisces, our feelings, our dreams. Partly that is, pay attention to your intuition. Don't blow it off. Particularly when Saturn and Mercury are together, pay attention to what you're you're telling yourself, your communication, your stories. You know, listen to your dreams. Listen to your gut hit. Don't blow it off. Oh, that doesn't make sense. Listen. If you're a creative person in any way with creative projects, listen to your muse this week. I mean, really get in there and, and you know, do your craft, do your writing, do your journaling, do your art, um, do your magic. And also... Saturn challenges us with Mercury to say, pay attention to the stories you're telling yourself, particularly if they're wounded Pisces ones, because wounded Pisces, we can feel overwhelmed and psychically overloaded and victimized. And Saturn says, okay, you know, that classic uh, question, is it true? You know, asking yourself that. It also goes along with this powerful week of the North Node and, the, and Chiron being together is what are those unconscious wounded stories that you carry from your lines, your lineages, that you need to question and release because they're too small. You know, you need to do that healing work to let go of the old stories, to do the Virgo healing, the emotional healing, the full moon in Virgo. So it's a luscious week for these deep changes about opening up yourself to love differently and value that which maybe part of you has felt is unlovable. And finally, where that's also supported is also on Saturday, February 24th, um, Venus is square Jupiter at 10 degrees of Aquarius Taurus. 
So Venus, again, I've talked about this one as the relational one, the magnetic relational one has to do with our values, what's important to us, what attracts us. Here, this one is in Aquarius, as we talked about before, kind of loving the innovative, the unusual, the oddball, the quirky. It's like, I just going to be myself. The tension, because there's a square, that means Venus in the sky looks like it's about 90 degrees away from Jupiter in the sky. Jupiter is the teacher, philosopher, quester, has a lot to do with our truths, our beliefs. And Jupiter is in Taurus. It will be in Taurus for a few more months. And Taurus is a grounded earth sign like Virgo. And it's all about security and stability and groundedness. And do I have my stuff? So the classic tension between a planet in Aquarius and a planet in Taurus is I want to be secure and stable. I want, you know, I want to have what I have. And Aquarius says, oh, give it up and get free. You know, it's too constricted. So you might be running into some um, challenges and great opportunities for learning at the end of the week where what you want in relationships and what's important to you, Venus and Aquarius is kind of changing and being more innovative and experimental. And some part of you saying, no, no, you can't do it that way. This is how we've always done it, right? It's also together, the two planets, archetypally, they want to expand and grow because that's Jupiter. So open up how you love. That's the bottom line of the message from this week. And so I bring you this poem, which to me is very much with that. It's called St. Francis and the Sow by Galway Canal. St. Francis and the Sow. The bud stands for all things, even for those things that don't flower. For everything flowers from within of self-blessing. Though sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on its brow of the flower, and retell it in words and in touch, it is lovely, until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. As St. Francis put his hand on the creased forehead of the sow and told her in words and in touch, blessings of earth on the sow, and the sow began remembering all down her thick length, from the earthen snout all the way through the fodder and slops to the spiritual curl of the tail, from the hard spininess spiked out from the spine down through the great broken heart to the sheer blue milken dreaminess spurting and shuddering from the fourteen teats into the fourteen mouths sucking and blowing beneath them, the long perfect loveliness of sow. So dear ones, may you take up the challenge this week, this healing, innovative challenge to recognize your own loveliness and everyone else's loveliness. May you put your hand on your creased forehead and tell yourself in words and touch how lovely you are your perfect loveliness, and may in some way you do that for others. Thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast. Deep bow of gratitude for those of you who've given me reviews, you've made donations, you've told friends about it, you've taken time out of your day to listen. Thank you.
I want to remind you, I have so many resources for you on my website, on theedgesofchange.com. If you go there and you go to the astrology page, I have all kinds of courses on astrology cycles, including cycles with Chiron, the current Pluto and Aquarius cycle, and so forth. So remember to check that out on theedgesofchange.com, the astrology page. You have been listening to the Astrology Alchemy Podcast with your host, Sheila Belanger. More resources at Thank you for listening. Bless your alchemical journey to embrace the gold of your true nature.